Hi, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? My name is uh, Daniel Polgar and I work as a game designer on a small independent game studio in Stockholm, Sweden. That's called uh, Bridgeside Interactive. For the audience out there, where can they what website can they visit to check out more about your studio? Uh, the best place is probably the our Facebook page. Uh, Bridgeside, you search for Bridgeside Interactive. Okay. Uh, and that's where we uh, uh, most frequently update with news. But we also have a, a Twitter. And uh, on our YouTube page, you can uh, watch uh, trailers and things like that for, for our game. What, um, what game are you, is your studio working on right now? We're working on a, on a rhythm game called uh, Clapper. It's a uh, two-player cooperative rhythm game. Uh, the easiest way to uh, visualize the game is uh, probably like a mix between uh, traditional digital rhythm games and uh, hand clapping games that uh, kids play out on the schoolyard. So uh, the unique thing about the game is our uh, input method and it can actually uh, distinguish between five different types of claps using, uh, using uh, the camera on the iPad. Okay, so basically, so it's kind of something like potentially like Guitar Hero where you have the notes kind of going up and you have to clap at the right time to to get those notes checked off? Yeah, and, you play, and, yeah. Oh, go ahead. And, and so, but to create the clap, you need to clap with the other player? Or yeah, if, exactly. If okay. Um, now, how is, do you need the other player? Then I take it you can also clap on your own. Well, you can you can actually uh, okay. you play you place uh, you place the pad the iPad between yourself on the floor or on the table, and then uh, you stand opposite of each other and uh, you have notes very similar as you said to games like Guitar Hero. The difference here is that uh, the notes meet in the middle, and when they meet in the middle, you execute the clap. And uh, as as you uh, the game can distinguish if uh, if you make a right clap or a diagonal clap or a double clap. Okay, and that's where the the camera on the iPad would would distinguish that. Yeah, if I, exactly. If I understand correctly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, uh, yeah. What what inspired you to to make an audio game like this? It's uh, m- many different things actually, but. Uh, perhaps uh, there were one thing that sparked it more than uh, the other I suppose it was uh, I had people around me that uh, that loved music and that uh, loved uh, video games but for some reason they didn't really seem to enjoy uh, rhythm games and uh, that provoked me I suppose in a way (laughs) because I felt that uh, they should love rhythm games but for some reason they didn't so uh, I started analyzing uh, why, what it was that they didn't like about the games, and uh, it actually started making sense to me. And uh, also, there were lots of small, small uh, reactions that, that I have had to current conventions in rhythm games that I hadn't really reflected on upon this time. But when I started to analyzing why, why these people didn't like rhythm game, it all kind of came together. Yeah, I'd like to discuss that because I, I was just thinking about it recently. I was like, before rhythm games were 
really popular with Guitar Hero, and then all of a sudden, people just lost interest <laughs> in that concept of having a timed beat. Yeah. What, what do you? Why do you think that is? Do you think that it's just that developers just don't care about that genre as much anymore? Um, or do you feel that that's not the best way to present audio gameplay? You know, it's like the way I see it is uh, you're familiar with Match 3, right? Or No, actually not. Okay. Like, have you heard of Bejeweled or... Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Match 3 like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. So that's what I meant, like the Match 3 genre. And it's like, yeah. you know, some of those games were definitely popular back in the day, but it's like adding new mechanics finally gets it to the point where the match three concept can be played by hundreds of millions of people as we saw with candy crush and so really for the rhythm game my question was is are people just sick of it were they just excited about you know becoming a guitar hero you know a guitar player or or is there a better audio gameplay that actually would get more people involved in audio games you know because the way i see it right now is i don't see as many people playing audio games or it doesn't seem as big as it was back no. in the day, you know? No, no. No, and it was, uh, it was like a huge, huge trend, a huge uh, yeah. genre. And uh, I think it just stagnated, actually. Uh, the innovation stopped. Okay, yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe, yeah, or maybe it was just ahead of its time because at that time it was multiplayer co-op to an extent you know yeah and and that was before but it was and i think now they even they got they came up with something like a new guitar here or a new rock band or something and that's multiplayer but it's online so it is multiplayer creative why but so so that is kind of innovative right like what or what why do you feel that it's still not as popular it's not as popular maybe because there's more games now too no i i actually feel that they haven't uh, evolved it enough just uh, rearranging okay. the rearranging the buttons on the guitar <laughs> neck of the guitar hero uh, controller that doesn't really cut it for me okay and, yeah and they have also it's uh, it's a small they have also made like a small image uh, change the presentation of the game it's a bit more uh, serious now i would say with real uh, actors and it's not uh, as rock and roll centered as it was before but to me that doesn't really uh, it, that's not innovative enough for me to wanting to pick up the Guitar Hero uh, controller again. Yeah, I mean, so so maybe it's because I mean, because it is expensive to, to buy that controller, right? And and so maybe that's what happened is that they, like you said, they didn't innovate, and it was expensive to buy the thing um, compared to other games. And and also, uh, if if someone wanted to jump on and develop a rhythm game, it was the convention was that you had to have those crazy contraptions <laughs> that you had to buy and develop for, and it wasn't very indie friendly. Yeah, but you know, I have seen some online games, and I'm sure there were some iPad games that borrowed from the rhythm genre, right? Yeah. Or so, so you didn't necessarily need a controller for that. And so when you look at iPad games, I I haven't seen anything take off in the, in the way that Guitar Hero took off, right? iPad audio games, iPad audio gameplay. But no, they, they often use uh, the more like the, the tap tapping, like single tap. It's not as yeah. uh, like the Nintendo uh, 3DS games, also uh, Rhythm Fever, uh, Rhythm Heaven and those games. Yeah. So, okay, so, so you did study 
some of the issues and some of the challenges of the rhythm genre, right? Yeah, exactly. And you you mentioned a couple of them actually that I okay. found pro- problematic. Uh, but uh, the first one was probably that the game uh, wasn't very inclusive to new players. Uh, the game, uh, like Guitar Hero, if you're bad at Guitar Hero, the game starts booing at you and it throws you out oh, of the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that that was one of the things that I felt. Uh, um, could be improved on if you wanted new new players or maybe younger players or players that haven't played the rhythm games before. And the other the other thing you you touched upon as well was the the multiplayer aspect of the game and uh, uh, the PR surrounding the games, claiming that playing this game uh, <laughs> will give you the feeling of playing in, in a rock band and uh, growing up playing in bands uh, I couldn't actually recognize that <laughs> that fe- feeling from the game it felt different it didn't feel bad to play guitar hero but when you play uh, when you play guitar hero uh, it feels more like you play at the same time as the other player it doesn't feel yeah. like you play together with the other player and that is a huge difference okay and that that's also something that we of course wanted to uh, to focus on with uh, with clapper when you play clapper uh, you don't play against the other player and you don't play at the same time you play together with the other player yeah and and i was just thinking also one of the issues is that if um you needed to okay so there's there's cooperative in you know there's local multiplayer and then there's internet multiplayer and even if they i don't know if they have internet like true internet multiplayer but if they did the other person would need to have the guitar stuff too right i mean like the equipment to play this game it's not easily available so that that also creates a barrier for people to actually get into the game you know? yeah sure, sure so so i think that was another issue because yeah i'm i'm fascinated as to why People were so obsessed with the rhythm genre and excited about it, and then all of a sudden, it has died off. It seems. Yeah, but is that uh, is that unique for rhythm games? You think isn't uh, isn't it like that with everything? Will well, we get... you know. Well, okay, yeah. So let's look at other genres and see if that's actually the case. Because look at Match yeah. Three; it seems to be really popular now. And it's and if you look at the top grossing charts on iPhone and iPad and Android, you can still see a few Match Threes. Um, yeah, in the top grossing, so at least in the U.S. I don't know about other countries. So, so Match Three is still really popular, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are other genres that are okay? I mean, uh, multiplayer, um, PV, you know, PVP multiplayer. That seems to still be doing reasonably well. Let me let me actually bring up some of this stuff. Um, but. Yeah, what what genres have you seen that have that? I even think about platformers, right? I don't know. Have you heard of Geometry Dash? Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, that's uh, that's like that's something that was like the core concept, the core gameplay was done a long time ago, right? Yeah. And it's still reasonably popular. Yeah. So, um, and then you, I look at Madden. I don't know if you've heard of Madden, um, football, but yeah, sure. it's done by Electronic Arts, and that seems to still be reasonably popular. Um, so I don't know about the concept of, of a genre dying out. No, perhaps not. Uh, no, and perhaps. you could be right. Like, and you know what I was thinking? Because I was like, well, why did the, why did Guitar Hero not do as well? You know, there's another 
company that makes audio games called Smule. And yeah. and they do like karaoke and singing and maybe it's easier to do that. Yeah. Than potentially um I mean it's easier to do that kind of singing for a lot of people because they have their phone yeah. and it's maybe more social and more engaging than than the, you know, playing a guitar. Yeah. No, um, but there there's uh if you look at point and click adventure games people Oh yeah. Uh, People love to say that uh, point-and-click adventure games uh, was dead and that uh, uh, Telltale resurrected it with, yeah. uh, with The Walking Dead and, uh, and their games. And uh, it was sort of a resurrection, but it was also uh, they also innovated the genre in some way. They did something that, uh, yeah. because the games never went away, people, uh, people did uh, still develop point-and-click adventure games, but they were not as popular as before. So, yeah. so I don't think any genre ever die. Probably, yeah. uh, probably I don't think so. And I was just thinking, I, I remember interviewing someone who did kind of uh, an adventure game for mobile. Yeah. And like a hidden object adventure game. And, you know, he sold several million copies. Now, I don't know if that's as big as when it was back in the day with, you know, Double Fine or whatever, like... Um, uh, what is the secret of Monkey Island and stuff like that? I don't know if it was that, yeah. it was as big as that, but um, you know that's still reasonable. And and you know this time now you can, you get to keep seventy percent versus I think back in the day it was ten percent for the developers. So yeah. so yeah, you know I don't know if it's as prominent. It's maybe not as famous as Secret of Monkey Island, but yeah, I guess you're right. Point and click did kind of die out for a little bit, and in a way, it's still not as popular potentially as other stuff. I don't. Um, no. Yeah, and then, and then what we see is that part of it is, I think part of it is also technology and what people can do now versus what was available then. So point and click then was cool, but if you look at 3D stuff now, it's more immersive. It's it is a 3D adventure, but it's I don't know. I guess people like that more. It's more engaging. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what are your thoughts on why on why genres potentially die? how how can how can you revive or resurrect a genre i mean do you feel yeah. that's even possible or not yeah i uh, uh i don't think that the genres die actually i wouldn't use that uh, term i think uh, when someone say that a genre has died what they mean is that uh, the AAA industry isn't hyping this genre anymore <laughs> yeah that that's that what what we really mean when we say that a genre has died uh, like uh, stealth games, perhaps were really big a couple of years back with Splinter Cell and uh, uh, Metal Gear and thing, uh, games like that, and it was really, really hyped. But then, uh, then it went away. And uh, back in the days, <laughs> all games were platformers almost. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that's uh, partially because of the technology too, right? I yeah. Mean, at that yeah, time, yeah. that was the most exciting thing you could do with the technology. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I don't think that rhythm games, uh, I don't think that they died, but I think that uh, people grew tired of uh, 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 of the genre because it uh, yeah. got pretty pretty stale. Yeah, and, and plus there were a ton more games that came out that were free, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about Guitar Hero at that time, there wasn't this huge app store ecosystem where people could just download stuff off their phone. Oh. and um, just play the game really quick and easy too, right? Um, 
and okay so so okay so that's so that's one reason a genre dies or you know doesn't become as popular is because there're just a whole bunch of other types of games that are either way cheaper and potentially even give people the social fun that they wanted or the quick fun it's just more accessible you know um and i think i think that could make a huge difference and that's kind of what you've addressed with putting it on an ipad versus trying to get it on nintendo wii or something else like that yeah that's uh it's kind of interesting actually with clapper because uh we uh, we wa- we wanted to make a really a really broad game that could be played by uh uh, by by new players and by uh, rhythm game veterans and by uh, children and parents and uh, grown-ups uh, and uh, but but looking at the game uh, many people actually think that it's uh, just for kids because we uh, use that as our uh, target group yeah and and so are are you going to try to break through that mold or that assumption or are you going to just let them think it's just for kids Oh, actually, when we've been out and showing the game on conferences and uh, uh, competitions and things like that, there's almost never any kids there. <laughs> but the grown-ups okay. ha- have a really, really good time with the game, and many of them uh, tell us that uh, this would be like a good uh, party game, or they actually yeah. say drinking game. And uh, we actually believe that that's true, because we have uh, we have an awesome time playing the game uh, ourselves and we know that uh, grown-ups uh, other grown-ups will ha- have that as well yeah and and from your point of view do you feel that you know because because you're passionate about audio gameplay do you feel that the rhythm style is the best way to communicate audio type games with the audience now or do you feel there are other types of audio gameplay that are worth exploring are there going to be other sub areas of audio gameplay that actually potentially have more impact than what rhythm games had before yeah i i don't know if uh if i can imagine uh, a, a spin-off on the rhythm on the audio game genre that could have a larger impact but i definitely think that there are loads and loads of and loads of innovative things that you can do inspired by uh by music and music uh, theory and uh, rhythm and uh, and things like that, and we ha- we have loads of loads of uh, those ideas that aren't as close to traditional. Uh, I'm calling it it mo- modern rhythm games uh, like uh, Guitar Hero with the scrolling notes. I believe that there's a lot yeah. of things that you can do beyond that. And and have you heard of Smule, where they no. do karaoke, like multiplayer karaoke or something? No, or like no. they do like singing battles or something with your iPhone right. or, or iPad, um, and and so that's a, the reason I bring that up is I wasn't sure I wanted to know if you felt that that is the approach that works better, which is to have kind of like where people are just singing, they're singing battles, right, or something else like that, where it's they're doing it multiplayer and it's online and and it is it does definitely have the audio gameplay, yeah. Um, So yeah, so I just yeah, so I just wasn't sure if you had any feedback on that. In terms of as you said, you've had you have potentially other ideas that you feel are compelling. Yeah. Um what are your yeah, what uh, is do you feel that that's where your studio is going to go is to focus on audio gameplay then? 
uh, yeah, I think we will uh, we will try that. It it kind of depends on the launch here and how okay. people react, react to the game. If they react uh, good to Clapper, we will uh, uh, continue to support the game and uh, add more songs and things like that. But yeah. if uh, if it doesn't go <laughs> if it doesn't go well, we we have uh, loads of other ideas, and uh, we're we're kind of um, because when we grew up and uh, uh, learned about music in school, it was a uh, kind of harsh environment, I would say, to to learn about music. It was twenty twenty five kids in a room with yeah, and each of them had a recorder, and they had to play at the same time. Yeah, and that, and that kind of shaped us uh, in a way, uh, and our uh, our musical self-esteem in a way, because we felt that uh, we weren't very good at music because it didn't sound very good, and uh, we actually believe that uh, that's a problem in uh, musical education. The most kids that uh, that start playing music when they're like seven, eight years old, they stop playing music before they're fifteen. Yeah. And uh, and to me, there's something really wrong with that because music is the most awesome thing there is, and 99% of all people have the capability to to uh, to have really really fun with music. So what we would like to focus on is uh, creating small apps that can uh, uh, give give the kids a positive introduction to music and. Uh, uh, boost their musical self-esteem because we still meet people out at uh, the conference, grown-up people that say that, yeah, I shouldn't try this game because I'm so bad at rhythm or I'm bad at music. But we're always sure that that's not the case. Everyone will ace it if you give them a couple of tries. Yeah, and and you know that's what I was thinking in terms of just even uh, music apps on these uh, tablets and phones. Is that like I, I think of the piano app. Uh, which you know, at you know, it's it's a pr- kind of a favorite on on some of these tablets or or phones, and you know, and my question is, is yeah, how can that be? How can playing that instrument or even playing music be made into a game? So it isn't necessarily rhythm or anything else, but it's just something where people can be musically expressive. Yeah. But you know, the real question is, is do people want to even? interact with music or are they just happy with engaging passively you know because they're already used to the habit of listening to music and and for a lot of people they might just prefer that for kids maybe you're right they're they're just more excited about playing or creating music and that might engage them yeah no that's uh that's uh, perhaps a, uh, that's a hard question i guess but uh and of course, all people don't want to, uh, <laughs> want yeah, to no. or express themselves musically. But I think that many people that want to don't have the uh, courage to yeah. do it. Well, I think the other amazing thing is with music. When, like, what I when I talk, and I, you know, I've played music instruments myself. What's interesting is that you do get creative, more creative, just in the rest of your life through yeah. music and you just see things in a different way and you you hear about even very successful people like music is an important part of their life even you know even if it doesn't directly relate to what they're doing in terms of work it just gives them a different perspective that allows them to do their work better yeah. or more creatively and so 
it would be amazing to consider how you can bring that music, like the feeling and the experience or even the results and the effects that you normally get from playing an instrument and, yeah. and applying it to some kind of mobile or you know portable or quick app that people could play that would give them just as much of an effect as playing an instrument but just but more fun yeah right uh, we we actually have uh, we have something in the pipeline that we would like to develop that doesn't only do that but it also uh, gives the experience of uh, playing together in a band uh, yeah. in a way that uh, that usually takes uh, a lot of training and it takes uh, it can take many years before the kids actually get to feel how it really feels to play together in a band and get that uh, uh, get that positive experience because uh, when uh, when they've interviewed the kids and asked them what's most important for you when it comes to musical education the, they always say that it needs to be entertaining it needs to be fun yeah. And it needs to be social. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you bring up the band. What, I guess, what points do you feel that a band provides in terms of feeling or benefits or something else that, I know because you, you mentioned before that Guitar Hero didn't quite capture that. What what are those um, aspects that you feel are important that are being missed? Yeah, no, uh, it's... Uh we're, uh, we're we're social animals, yeah. and uh, most people, uh, uh, unless you're an introvert, will get your uh, you will you will get uh, uh, energy from doing things together with uh, with your friends and accomplishing things. And there's <laughs> when making games, there's lone wolves as well, people that make games on their own, uh, yeah. and and really really enjoy that. But uh, most people enjoy doing things uh, together, and that uh, always brings something new to uh, to the experience of playing games as well. Yeah, and and so so I guess for the music part, what? Um, I yeah, mean... sorry, your question. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. Uh, you complement each other and you help each other in a way. Okay. And it's, it's, well, uh, well, I'm fascinated because I think you said you you played music, right? Yeah. Before and and so you were you were in a band or were you in a band or? Yeah, I used to be when I okay. was older and, and uh, younger, and now yeah. actually we uh, we started a new one in the older days. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm fascinated because as you have the experience of playing in a band, what were the most exciting parts of playing in a band? Um, yeah. for you like like what were those social benefits and I mean and the real question is is since you've made a game now and and you've made it with some other people right yeah so what are the nuances of playing with other people in a band versus making a game with other people I mean is yeah. there something that's unique to the musical co collaborative cooperative experience that you can't find in the game experience the game making yeah. experience yeah Sure, there are, there's many things that uh, overlap, like uh, uh, when making games uh, on your own or making it in a group, uh, you will always get the best from all the individuals and the game will always be better than if you did it on your own. Uh, and, and, and I believe that that is uh, true for music as well, but something that maybe doesn't spill over from music to uh, to making games is the 
it's a very primal feeling that you get when some someone plays the drums or and someone plays the piano and someone plays the guitars and someone sings and you do all that together in the same room and everyone feels like uh, this magical vibe that and, and sometimes maybe you you only feel it for that minutes when you play the song and uh, you try to recreate it but you can't feel it but at least you have felt it and that yeah. th- that s- maybe i i don't f- feel that exact feeling when I make games because the process is so much longer but but of course the reward is so much greater when uh, we have worked hard on our game and we go away to a competition and uh, we win a prize and we can do that together because uh, I contributed with uh, what I'm best at and my friends contributed with uh, uh, with all the things that they are best at, that shared experience. And uh, I believe that that was really, really, really lacking in uh, games like Guitar Hero. I didn't feel like, when I played that with my friend, I didn't feel like we did it together, that uh, I <laughs> contributed yeah. with my part and he did it with his part and she did it with her part. I, I couldn't feel it. And, and, you know, for you, do you prefer collaborative music making or collaborative game making? Um, yeah, I actually, when it comes to music, I, uh, I and games, I suppose, I, I'm the kind of person that like to to start out on my own because uh, I would like to analyze, take it very slowly, and uh, let the ideas have a chance to to grow. And uh, and before I present my ideas, if it's musical or or a game, I would uh, I would like to. Th- think it through so I have something good to present Uh, so I I I don't prefer uh, like brainstorming uh, something in the beginning I think that 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 uh, that that, that's really really hard loads of people just bombarding with uh, ideas and we don't know in what direction we should should take them I prefer uh, uh, a strong idea that we can build upon and if we need to uh, to brainstorm later, then then I think that's the time to do it later in the process. Okay, so for you, game making is is more fun than music making then at this point. <laughs> that's that's also a, a really good question because uh, making music is part of making games. Yeah, and, uh, that's true. And uh, the other day we actually talked about uh, what we had enjoyed uh, in this process and. Uh, of making Clapper, and uh, I actually had the most fun making the music together with our uh, music producer. Okay. And, yeah, and the reason I ask is because my other question is, is, you know, 30 or 40 years ago, people, you know, kids were actually starting up their own little rock band or, you know, their own little music stu- or music band or whatever, and everyone wanted a, a real guitar. I'm talking about 30, not not guitar here. I'm talking about like 30 or 40 years ago, right? And some people have said now that game making is like how music making was 30 or 40 years ago, where every kid wanted to start their own music band 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah. Now now they all want to start their own game studio. Yeah. And so is the real question, like it needs to be like you literally, to, to get people to get that same experience that they get, that you felt through collaborative music making in your band do you need to put that through some kind of game that allows people to make a game in that shared and and creative experience 
or do you feel that music can still communicate the best of that whatever experience you're trying to communicate music making can 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 communicate that experience that you're trying to share uh, yeah that's that's uh, that's also a hard one because uh, I can I kind of enjoy um, that's the reason we started an, an indie company because we enjoy the full process we enjoy making the music we enjoy to uh, to code we enjoy to make the the art yeah. so uh, and that's the reason uh, that we haven't uh, that we didn't go to uh, to other already established companies when we had finished uh, our education so uh, if you ask us, we, we probably we wouldn't want to to pick one of those things. We would like to make to do uh, all of it, and that's what inspires us. Because uh, s s uh, some days you <laughs> you would prefer to uh, to make music, and some days you would prefer to paint, and some days you would prefer to code, and uh, that's the kind of environment that we w would like to build. Yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, and and I just wanted your perspective on because because I, I really like the your perspective on um, the fact that collaborative music making can tap into that primal immediacy. That you're right. I, from what I've seen, you can't do that necessarily with game development right away. You know, game game does you know as and and it is a drawn out process with game development versus maybe you can be more in the moment with the music. Yeah, de definitely. I, w yeah. I would actually say that. And, you know, but I don't know. And, and I think still with music, you still get a different mental perspective that, you know, can, can still bring creativity in different ways that music, than, than that game development can provide. So, but then again, game development is, a, is like a larger, it's like music is a, super, a subset of, of game development. And so game development allows you to do the drawing, the art, and some of these other systems designs that are also exciting. So, yeah. Um, Okay, well that's good. I think um <laughs> I think that's kind of laid the foundation of kind of where your your perspective is on music development or you know music design and games. And so with Clapper, what what were some of the challenges you ran into as you were developing it? Yeah, I would say uh the hardest uh, thing was probably uh uh, getting the technical aspect of the of the input to to work uh, as yeah. fluidly <laughs> as we wanted it to do, because in the beginning when we when we made uh, we made like a fast prototype of the game actually back in school, and uh, back then we uh, we had built uh, gloves uh, we did like bear paws that we uh, put uh, uh, hacked Donkey Konga drums into with uh, wireless USB mouses and uh, uh, we took the signal from those <laughs> to see if the players uh, did the claps but uh, when we later started to uh, develop this project more commercially we believed that uh, it would be hard for us as a small company to uh, uh, to manufacture gloves so we started looking into the camera instead and uh, in the beginning, I I was probably one of the reasons as to why we didn't do that faster because I thought that uh, it would be too hard, and uh, with the kids playing, I, I thought that we wouldn't be able to get it as exact as uh, I wanted it to be. But uh, thankfully, we have uh, we have a really really 
good programmer that can prototype things really fast. So uh, in a week or maybe in a couple of days actually, he, he put the basis up for it and we could all see that, all right, this uh, isn't working optimally right now, but it's definitely very, very, very promising. So we, uh, we scrapped uh, the gloves and went for the, uh, for the camera instead. Actually, in the beginning, yeah. we used the microphone as well because that's the... <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to ask is like, yeah, did you look into potentially using the microphone? Yeah, that's probably the intuitive thing to do, to, 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 uh, to listen for the claps. But, yeah. uh, but that would, uh, we, we still needed a way to determine if it was a straight clap or a diagonal clap or if it was a clap on the right or the left side. So we still needed to implement uh, the camera, even though we had uh, the microphone. And uh, when we did that, we could see that we didn't really need the, the microphone. It was an unnecessary step. We could only look uh, if the hands was in, a, in the right position at the right time. We could presume that they were doing a clap. And that actually worked really well. Yeah. Um, and, and as you were prototyping, and, and once you got the prototype up, what were some other surprises or things that you felt that you had to change for the gameplay to make it more fun? Yeah, uh, I don't know if we had to change very much with the input to make the game more uh, more entertaining, but uh, sure, uh, in the be we've been really carefully testing the game uh, on kids throughout the whole production, working close with, uh, with schools. And uh, in the beginning, we had a very bare-bone uh, presentation <laughs> because yeah. we only wanted to try out the... We only wanted to try out the input and to see if is the input fun even though we don't have uh, uh, entertaining graphics. And uh, we could see that the game was fun, but also that we actually needed uh, a good presentation to make it uh, more attractive to the kids. So uh, in yeah. uh, we, we also have, uh, we call it the shadow feature, because in the beginning, all the calculations that, uh, that the game did was done behind the scenes, and the players couldn't see what was going on. They did a clap, and then it was like magic. The game told them that it was uh, the right clap, or it told them that it was the left clap, but they didn't understand how it worked. But in the background, we had uh, the camera looking at the hands, and uh, we, we had a debug mode that could show the shadows of the hands on the iPad. And when the kids saw the shadows, they started playing with them, and we saw that it was uh, really, really entertaining for them to see the to see their own hands, so okay. we, implement, we implemented that. So that was actually a real surprise to us. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess any other surprises that also that you, because I could see now that that would add more value or more more engagement for the game if they can, you know, if there's a visual effect to their audio, or, you know, to the audio thing. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think that kind of blends into the synesthetic, you know, types of gameplay that could also be provocative um yeah any other i guess any other changes that you had to make that you, that really like that change made it way more accessible or more fun to players uh 
Yeah, we had, uh, I don't know how easy it is to explain it, but we have, uh, so the, the notes uh, move into the middle of the screen, and when they meet in the middle, you execute the claps, and uh, the notes, they move on two lanes, and in the beginning, all the notes moved on these two lanes. If it was a straight clap, it was a green note, and uh, if it was a diagonal clap, it was a purple note, but... Uh, we actually changed that so that the diagonal claps moved towards the middle of the screen instead uh, in a diagonal manner that kind of mimicked the way that uh, the players should move their their hand and that w made it way more intuitive for them that uh, this is straight claps and this is uh, diagonal claps it's kind of hard to explain it it's yeah. uh, you can see it uh, pretty easy in the trailer i think okay so once again, it's it's that visual feedback that actually allows them to get more engaged in the audio. I, th I think that's the theme that I'm sensing from both of the changes that you that you discussed just now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then we all also uh, thought a lot about uh, uh, that we wanted the clap that they did. They do it outside of the game, but we wanted to be visually clear that it has an impact on the game. And that was also something that we uh, we didn't have that in the beginning because that's that wasn't really what we were testing for. Yeah. The, they they did the clap and they could could see that they got points for it or something like that, but it wasn't very entertaining or didn't have a very large impact on the game screen. So. Uh, for for the last part of the development, we worked on making that clap really, really impactful because it's the main uh, it's the main it's the yeah it's like the main feature of the game. It's what you do all the time. You clap all the time, so we wanted it to feel as awesome as po possible. So when you clap, you get uh, like a shock wave on the screen, and uh, the leaves in the jungle start rattling. Okay. So that the players really feel that what they do outside of the game has an impact inside the game. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. I think that's once again something where if you're if you're going to try to create an innovation or bring back the audio genre, audio gameplay, I think one has to look at what are gonna be some of the changes that actually makes the audio genre more fun to people, right? And and as you were saying, just some of these visual feedback or visual cues could actually add a lot. And yeah, and sure. really, really the innovation might be that you have to come up with synesthetic gameplay, where with synesthesia, you know, it's a mix of different senses, and audio would be just part of it, right? And I'm, just, I'm coming at this from the point of view of, okay, what is going to actually make it so that you could potentially come up with something that's way more that's even bigger than guitar hero right yeah. what is you know yeah. what's going to bring that up and so i'm like okay well obviously audio itself may not work and even rhythm may not work because something has changed for the audience or something else and it's like okay if you're an indie developer how do you say okay i like this genre i remember this genre back in the day kind of like what happened with some of these platformers that indie developers first created that kind of started the indie revolution it's like they were saying oh i remember back in the day i liked this type of game and so i just want to bring it back or blah 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 and they made a few innovations and boom you know it kind of catalyzes this movement yeah and so that's 
you know, that's where I'm coming from. It's like, okay, what it would be interesting from a game design point of view of like, okay, what could you potentially change that would make this fun? And as you were referring to, you know, the visual with the audio could be one part of it. And then with iPad and, and iPhone and these smartphones, you've got touch too, right? And yeah. so maybe that blend of audio with visual with touch in some way, which we don't, you know, we haven't discussed properly, obviously, but some kind of mix of those things with maybe multiplayer could finally make it more engaging. Yeah, you know? definite, definitely. I, I, I don't really believe that you have to revolutionize a game genre to make it interesting again. Uh, when, yeah. they, when, when they were making new uh, uh, rhythm games, it, it, it kind of just felt to me like it was the same game with a different peripheral and that, yeah. wasn't, really, <laughs> and that wasn't really doing it for me. But uh, in in a, in a way, uh, so so we wanted to to step away from that, I suppose, and we wanted uh, because we were also a bit provoked actually by by the way that uh, the the Guitar Hero guitar felt. It was very clicky, and it yeah. took up, took up a lot of space. Even if you cranked uh, the stereo up, you could still hear the clicking, and it didn't feel like playing guitar to me. So we wanted to make something that was. Uh, that wasn't a lesser imitation of the real musical activity, but instead truly was that activity. So we we kind of liked games like uh, Taiko Taiko no Tatsuin. That it's an arcade game, that it, rhythm game that you play drums, because those drums truly felt like drums. So we wanted to make something that that really felt like the musical activity and uh, was tactile and uh, social in a way that. Uh, we didn't feel really had been done and that's when clap claps felt uh, perfect to us yeah and and i guess i was just about to ask well what if you just did drums where people were playing drums together but it's not as social because you're not you're not literally clapping someone else's hands right you would even be just tapping the the screen for drums which i guess wouldn't be as powerful yeah yeah, I don't want to sound too pretentious, but it's yeah. actually when you when you touch each, each other, you you connect in a totally different way, and it's it's also something that we really has seen the full impact of when we've been out showing the games. You play the game with a total stranger, but you feel uh, <laughs> you feel like friends, and uh, sometimes you meet someone that you really really sync super well with, and it kind of feels like you're dancing almost because okay. You just look at each other and you know that that look meant a little bit slower or you know that that look meant that we was a bit early or something like that. Yeah. And that, that, that feeling is unbelievable and you don't really get that with other rhythm games. Yeah. And have you heard of the game Fingal? I don't know if you've heard of that, but... No, no, no. Okay, it kind of reminds me, obviously not completely, but where I, it was like one of these uh, independent games festival finalists, I think. And the developer kind of had it where two people had to kind of um, move their fingers on the screen together. Oh, yeah. I've seen uh, yeah. similar stuff. At least. Yeah, yeah. And and so, and and there was like a huge emotional impact from kind of like where you, where you do touch each other in yeah. the game, right? Instead of necessarily a screen. I mean, in addition to the screen. And so, so yeah. So I guess that's, that's an exciting part i mean that that your gameplay for clapper kind of adds that element that you can't even necessarily get from the internet but it's very compelling you know yeah um which is exciting 
And and so when you finally had the game ready and you took it out to test or to show off in some of these um, events that you were discussing, what was the response and what, what was surprising to you? Uh, yeah, per- perhaps we were a bit surprised about um, how well people uh, took to the game because, and that w- throughout the whole process actually, because we felt that uh, we were out testing the game with kids throughout the throughout the whole development and we feel we felt that yeah if uh, if half of the kids like the game then that's all right with us we cannot really uh, put put higher pressure on ourselves than that if half of the kids like the game that's all right with us but it was almost always about 75 to 80 percent of the kids that liked it and among those kids there were <laughs> there were uh, two kids that uh, were real clapper kids that you could see that uh, they understood the game directly and it sparked something in their eyes. Uh, So we were surprised about how many kids that actually liked the game. And then when we got out to to test the game on conferences with only grown-up people, business people, talking about uh, PR and ads (laughs) and things like that, we we were also surprised about how many people that uh, that love that really uh, enjoyed playing the game, and also because we thought that it would scare some people because it's a physical game. Uh, it we thought that it would be a strength, but also a weakness because some people would be afraid of it. But uh, we haven't really <laughs> we haven't really met those people. Most people seem to to take really good to it. Yeah. And did you make any major changes after you did show it kind of at these events? Um, did anything surprise you that you felt you had to go back and, and make some changes to the game? Uh, I wouldn't say the game was uh, pretty much done when we started showing it uh, at conferences. Yeah. But but the, uh, during the development, when we showed it to kids. Uh, we found out that uh, the game was too hard. Uh, the, the level design was uh, a bit too hard. Uh, it was hard for them to hit all the notes, so we uh, made it easier and easier all the time. Uh, but what kind of surprised me then, I guess, now uh, w- when the game is done and uh, the difficulty level is, is good for them to learn it, we, we can also see that they don't really care about hitting the notes in the same way as we do as developers because we always look for, for faults in the input. So when we play the game, we, we want it to work perfect and we want to hit all the notes. But the kids, they're just there to have fun. So uh, it didn't really matter, I suppose, that the game was too hard for them. They still, ha- still had fun with it. So no- now we're thinking about... Uh, cranking up the difficulty again just to make more stuff happen on the screen and make it more exciting instead okay um so and and have you released it on ipad yet or on iphone or is it is it about to get released or what's the status on that yeah uh we're uh, we're actually thinking about uh, soft launching the game <laughs> doing yeah. this the, doing this the proper way so uh we're thinking about soft launching it and getting some uh, uh, some data 
to see because we haven't been able to test the game on on a larger scale. Uh, yeah. So we're actually thinking about uh, soft launching it. Uh, uh, and and if you launch it, what's do you have a business model in in mind? Um, is it going to be free to play, or is it going to be a paid app? Or yeah, w we believe that it has to be. It almost has to be a premium app, since uh, since it's a game for kids. We do not want to put ads in it, and we do not want to put. Uh, in-game currency in it, uh, or uh, we don't want to to, uh, <laughs> to to constantly ask the kids to buy stuff inside our game. Uh, we want it to be uh, uh, a relaxing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in that sense that if uh, if the parents buy this game for their kids, they shouldn't be worried about the kids racking up a huge mobile telephone bill for them that month. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're going premium. Okay, and and you know what are you potentially going to do to to get the the word out there? Because there's so many now apps out there and so many you know kids games out there. How are you going to stand out? Yeah, we believe uh, we have to uh, to analyze how our customers uh, buy games and who our customer is, of course, and. Uh, we believe that we have uh, a potentially broad product that can be played by kids, uh, parents, uh, music teachers, uh, but also uh, teens on parties and things like that. So we have to reach them in different ways. And uh, the kids, of course, are the hardest ones because uh, uh, they don't really have control about buying games. Uh, man many kids are allowed to... Uh, to look around in the app store but they're not allowed to download the game if it costs money so to reach those kids we plan to have uh, a free version that they can uh, download and uh, try out and if they uh, like the game then uh, then we're counting on them to ask the parents for permission to to buy it but otherwise we have to market towards the parents and that's actually that's what we want. We want uh, we want the parents to play the games uh, more oh, digital yeah. games with their with their kids. Yeah, and you know because because I what's interesting is I've I've discussed uh, I had an interview recently with someone else who is also interested in the idea of having parents play with kids, um, you know through through games and just just kind of like the story type thing I think you alluded to earlier, but yeah. the. You know, the real question is, is do you feel that parents will have time to play with kids in this way? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, de definitely. And okay. if they if they don't have the time, then their priorities are messed up. <laughs> and that's, okay, that's I've just, look, I've just seen it where literally for at least, at least in, um, I don't know, at least the people that I've been around, you know, games are more like a babysitter. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, and so they've got their own thing and they just don't, they want to keep their kids busy in a positive and constructive way, you know. And so games allow them to do that versus like, hey, I'm going to spend time playing with you on that. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's like, look, you can be around your family. You don't necessarily have to be completely focused on them. But just sure. being in the same space as them is, is just as fun. Or I mean, it, it's it, there's some fun to that, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. But, uh, but, oh. We, we actually feel that the games have uh, uh, a unique potential to be uh, a place where 
kids and grown-ups can meet on uh, similar grounds. If yeah. you understand what I mean, like if you play yeah, sport, yeah. if you play sports with your kid, for instance, there's you as a parent, you will always have to dumb yourself down in a sense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this this may also sound harsh, but I think that's that that can be kind of uninspiring to some parents, uh, and. Uh, but playing games together, uh, you can do it on uh, on the same level, actually. Uh, many yeah. times kids are better at games than parents are, and that's really, really good, because in a family there's often uh, a hierarchy where, uh, where the parents decide everything, and uh, the kids just has to go along with that. So uh, uh, games can also, I believe, work as... Uh, a, as a way to uh, to even the structures out within the family. Yeah. Provided you can find a game that parents do want to play with their kids because that's yeah. the one thing about sports is that picking up a basketball or something else with the kid, I, you know, that seems to be relatively easy now. No one has really cracked that formula for for video games, I feel. Oh, right. No, I, I think I think you're right. I'm super excited about thinking about a game where, <laughs> where kids and the grown-ups of all ages could yeah. play the same game, like a huge uh, multiplayer uh, and, and so <laughs> what I, or something on the same level. That would be awesome. Yeah, and, and I feel actually then... I, are you familiar with eSports? Yeah, sure. Um, so maybe the approach isn't to say, okay, this is just going to be for kids and their parents. It has to be literally a broad eSport that yeah. then parents can pick up with their kids, kind of like how it works already with basketball or football or soccer or something else like this. It's like it's already a huge sport. And fine, a subset is like parents playing with their kids, right? Yeah. And so even – and I was just thinking about your design with Clapper and like how could it become – more broad because look there i always hear a lot of indie developers they have a unique idea and if everyone would play it it would be huge right but it's just yeah. the, the question is is how do you make it stand out and become that huge thing it's just like angry birds there might have been other types of games or physics things but once it be, got that momentum then everyone wanted to study it learn about it pick it up dress like it stuff like that when yeah. you first start out as an indie developer i think it might be more more difficult to to create that movement and so one way would literally be for your clapping thing is is to turn it into an esport yeah. you got you gotta <laughs> it's gotta be a league where these yeah. kids are playing this clapping game in school or something else and it's like they're just clapping to win some prize or something else and yeah. and they, normally you know back in the day kids were cl playing clapping games not not on a computer or with a computer but you know I, at least little girls were like I think there's like these little clapping um, phrases that that I that I recall um, kids yeah. playing. So I guess um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on an esport <laughs> turning the clapping game into an esport? Hey, that's multiplayer, yeah. right? And and it's tournaments and it's leagues and it's silly. You know, that's yeah. the thing is like it's funny because people I'm I'm not sure what you got from the response of adults, but you know, it's a silly way to to, to, to bring in esports. It's not as uh hardcore as some of the other current esports like, you know, like World of Tanks where you're shooting people or whatever. This is a cooperative this is a fun 
proactive, positive esport. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What well, that, that, <laughs> I think it's it's interesting on on many levels. I don't know if. Uh, yeah. Here here's my also my other two cents <laughs> as an amateur game de- designer, right? Like so. Basically, my other thing is like as they're clapping, it should create stuff. Like it, it should literally be where they're like you know like Minecraft where like the kids love to create stuff. Yeah. So there should be something that's created as they're clapping together. So yeah, then it inspi- yeah. and like you know and and the nuances of the clapping and that's where you can bring in the microphone again. So the nuances of the clapping or the sound might actually um, impact what their final creation is or what they're doing or you know like so so I don't know so so not only is it fun to clap but the way they clap and the style they clap will determine what they create. Yeah. Like little like a little masterpiece and that mm-hmm. could be part of the judging for the esport. And and there you go. That's that's the genius of this show is that we we aim to provide uh you know game design insights to professional game designers <laughs> uh, but yeah what what are your thoughts on kind of making it that like you know because that's part of the marketing that developers have to yeah. consider and yeah. you know this isn't the only way to market it i mean i was but look you look at binding of isaac uh, which i i discussed with someone else recently on the show and you know, just having leaderboards, their their daily level seems to get people to want to come back and play it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, when it uh, when it comes, it's also a, a Clapper would uh, would definitely be considered a kids game, and you were uh, uh, kind of uh, clumping all kids together in the same mold, saying that this is a game for kids, but Kids yeah, no, I'm not are, saying that. No, no, I, I'm not oh, yeah. saying that you are saying okay. that. But I, I just want to stress that uh, that kids are individuals in the same way as uh, grown-ups are. And when yeah. when uh, when you look at modern uh, game design for kids, if you look at what's going on right now on the iPad and the games that are marketed to kids, uh, they are designed in a way. Uh, that presume that kids aren't interested in uh, competition uh, uh, and they make it more uh, it's digital toys they call it digital toys instead of games and um, because kid because presumably kids aren't interested in uh, competition but uh, we haven't really seen that and uh, of course that differs between individuals and uh, between different ages of kids as well Maybe if you're two years old, you're not super into competition. <laughs> yeah. But when you grow older, and when we tested the kids, when we tested uh, the game on the kids, they uh, immediately wanted to make leaderboards and write their uh, uh, scores down and create little clapper teams with different names and things yeah. like that. So adding a leaderboard, I think, would be uh, really, really popular. Yeah, and I see this honestly as potentially an indie esport. Because you don't, you know, what's cool about this game is you're not shooting other people. Like, you know, like the other esports that I've seen, it's like a team of five people shooting another team of five people or attacking them. I really like how this is like, you know, it's like creative. It's it's creative competition. So it's creative with the two people, right? And then there's a competitive element above that where, you know, you can be on a leaderboard or something else. Yeah, Um, it's uh, what fascinates me is that uh, people are so into. uh, uh, PVP that when they have some people that have played a cl- played Clapper, 
uh, together, they still would want to know who of them that have won, who got yeah. the most points, even though to me it's super, super <laughs> obvious that you are doing this together. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think, you know, that's what I noticed. I think it's just that there aren't any game designers who've actually done the PWP or, you know, or some of these other multiplayer constructive experiences properly. And, you know, part, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but, you know, you look at the, the really popular games right now, it is, they are multiplayer, but they're just violent. Yeah. And it's just like, it would be awesome to, you know, and you, you talked about game design, you talked about song, sound and audio and music, and those can be creative experiences that are, you know, PW. And that was the cool thing about Guitar Hero, at least, is that at least you were not attacking another person that you were playing with, you know, like. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think, the the question is is how do you how do you kind of rekindle that 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 enthusiasm where people want to play with each other again and you know maybe the esports concept works maybe something else you know um, the creative creativity created through the clapping is another thing that could be interesting but who knows um, but yeah what what are your thoughts I guess moving forward with what you want to as we wrap up the interview by the way I know I know we said about an hour it's a little over now thanks for your patience oh, by the way yeah, no um, um, what uh, yeah as what where do you feel then is the future of where your game studio wants to go and and how do you feel that an indie developer such you know an indie studio such as yours can rekindle or even grow the audio gameplay market so that it becomes bigger than what it was with Guitar Hero. Yeah, I think uh, I think I actually think that uh, there's uh, there's a huge impact that music games could have on education. Yeah. And there and uh, m many of the uh, many of the schools, at least in Sweden, they have uh, on the curriculum that the teachers uh, they have to do it, but uh, many of the teachers are kind of stressed out about that because they don't know what uh, tools they should present because they're so... Th th there's... Uh, they're not really designed for for schools and if they are designed for schools they are designed like they were designed in the 80s or the 70s they're not entertaining they're not taking the best from games which is uh, the the ability to uh, to engage and and i think that uh, music games could uh, en uh, could really revolutionize uh, music education and i think that that should be a huge focus and we will try to focus on that with our games and and you kind of cut out um for like a few seconds when you said that in sweden the schools are required to and then it cut out <laughs> what what are they required to do <laughs> oh they're they're, they're required um on the curriculum they're yeah. required to uh to teach the kids about what they in the uh, text called digital tools. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but but it's it's hard to do that because uh, uh, many of the tools aren't suited. Many of the uh, digital programs or games aren't suited. Some are too gamey, or some are too much of uh, like a like a huge huge uh, music mixing. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
but we, we believe that we could, could uh, actually focus the experience much more, make smaller, uh, smaller apps or smaller games that focus on smaller things, smaller things like uh, giving the, the kids a positive introduction to rhythm or things like that. Instead of the teacher uh, pu pulling out a Beatles song like they did in, uh, when, when we were kids and then forcing us to stomp uh, to the beat. There's so much more that you can do with, uh, with digital games instead. Yeah. Um, but do you feel that if you, if you went directly the education route, it might turn people off from, from making it something that, that can become huge? Yeah, we we uh, we uh, we wouldn't call our game educational because we feel that that would put a certain uh, stigma. Bad, on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly uh, okay. on it because that's not uh, that's not our main focus. Our main focus is to make something that's entertain entertaining and engaging. And if something is entertaining and engaging, the kids will uh, repeat it and do it again and again and again. And when you do something over and over, you will learn. So, yeah. but, but the way we look at it, uh, the old uh, digital tools that were used in schools were focused the other way around. It was very, very important for the people that made those programs that they were uh, jam-packed with facts and problems that, <laughs> that, that worked more like textbooks and uh, less like games. We believe that you should turn that around and make it entertainment foremost, and then the rest will uh, come automatically. Okay. And for your game, I know, I know we discussed iPad. Will it work on a phone too, or is that, or do you need an iPad to do it? Uh, so, so the first uh, version that we're making is for iOS, and uh, it's uh, optimized for the iPad, but uh, it's the same OS on the iPhone, so it runs on iPhones as well, but we will have to make uh, minor tweaks to the graphics, so uh, uh, it will be easier to read text and stuff like that, but it will not be, uh, it will not be a huge problem to, to, uh, to make a version for the iPhone. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if the camera would create an issue or if you, you know, because it's, it's a different camera or a different size, but, um, okay. That oh, that, no, that surprised us, actually, because we thought that, well, let's try it and see how it works, and it, uh, it, uh, it worked perfectly, actually. Ah, great. And will you have an Android version, too, eventually, potentially, or are you going to focus on iOS? Oh, we, we hope to, uh, to be on as many platforms as possible, of course. But uh, we're a small uh, in the company, and yeah. uh, we will uh, we'll focus on the iPad version first. And if this goes uh, well, uh, the next uh, logical step would be to port it for uh, for Android and uh, and Windows as well. Great. And for the listeners out there, again. Um do you have any last suggestions for other indie developers who are trying to be innovative and trying to, you know, push a genre in a new direction or something else like that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're so, if you're looking at uh, rhythm games, but I think that this could be applied to all genres. If you're looking to innovate that genre, you shouldn't look at the games for uh, for inspiration. If you're making uh, rhythm games or music games, you shouldn't look at Guitar Hero for inspiration. You should look at uh, other musical 
real music, musical activities, because that's what they did. They looked at guitar playing and how they could make a game out of that. And if you want to innovate the genre, you shouldn't look at what they did. You should look at what you want to convey to the player. What musical activity is it that that you find so fantastic that you would like to make a game about it and uh, and give that feeling to another player? And I think that that's uh, true for all genres as well. Yeah, and it, and it's not even just musical activities. It could just literally be any kind of activity, and then providing a music type of gameplay related to it. Like the the hand clapping wouldn't be something that I would consider as a musical activity necessarily. Because for hand clapping, I've seen people just do it as, as like a way to just play or, or recite, a, at least for kids, like just recite a phrase or like some kind of like jingle or something else where I see them clapping hands doing that. Yeah. And yet you took that activity and made it into a music type of thing, right? So Yeah, yeah. So it isn't necessarily, or, or do you feel that it is just you should focus on musical activities or the core activities around that, what, what's perceived as, you know, related to that kind of um, genre, such as music, and, and just study those? Or do you feel that you should study all different types of activities and see how you can bring that in to the genre? Yeah, yeah if uh, that's at least what gives me inspiration. It's, what, it's uh, trying new things. Uh, like uh, start 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 boxing, start riding horses, start climbing mountains, start playing yeah. uh, the drums, things like that. It will uh, it will inspire you. And uh, as you said, uh, if you start playing the drums, it doesn't necessarily uh, inspire a rhythm game. It could inspire a shoot 'em up or something else as well. Yeah. Um, once again, for the audience, uh, where can they find out more information about your game? potentially check it out yeah we have uh, we have uh, a homepage it's bridgesideinteractive.com it's bridgeside-interactive right or is it yeah exactly okay yeah. so bridgeside-interactive.com and then yeah. go ahead but uh, for the most time we will uh, update our Facebook page or our Twitter page so that's probably probably where you will get the most recent news. And otherwise, we have gameplay videos and videos from when people play games on our uh, YouTube uh, channel. And you, that's also Bridgeside Interactive, where you can find that. Great. Um, thanks again for your time and appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, no, no problem. Take care. Yep.